Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, I guess we could call the Tennessee Titans week three game in Cleveland a throwback. It was reminiscent of way back in week one when the offensive line had a hard time blocking anybody, which meant Derrick Henry didn't have room to run, which meant Ryan Tannehill didn't have time to stand in the pocket, force the ball down the field, which means the offense didn't score any touchdowns. And the result was a uh, 27-3 to defeat that uh, that demoralized uh, a lot of people on the outside of the building. Inside, of course, they are talking about regrouping and just moving forward as uh, as you have to do. But uh, but at one and two, I guess you could say the good news for the Titans is they're tied for second place in the AFC South with two other teams, one game behind the uh, the mighty, mighty Indianapolis Colts. Who saw that coming? Um, of course, the Titans are also tied for last, if you want to look at it that way. But they have allowed the fewest points in the division. They've also scored the fewest points in the division as they uh, as they look forward to their second home game of the season, this one against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. So let's, uh, let's get into this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast and dive into where this team stands now. Three weeks into this season, with the uh, with our usual panel, Tight, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, good evening, sir. Good evening, David. How you doing? I am great. I am David Beauclair, of course. And then there's John Glennon of the National Post. John Glennon, how are you, sir? I am well. I hope you guys are as well. Let's start with you, Denard. How uh, how surprisingly bad was that? Uh, was that performance uh, on on Saturday? I, I, I mean, how much more did you expect from the Titans after that showing against the Chargers in Week Two? Where do you want me to start? Uh, you know what what, <laughs> what what was the worst part for you? What 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 did you see that, oh, uh, that really just boy. they couldn't get done? Well, God, where do you start? I mean, coming into this game, I looked at the Pittsburgh game as we were talking early before the podcast against the Browns, and I was like, you know what? When you look at the Browns' offensive line, they gave up six sacks against Pittsburgh, and pretty much Deshaun Watson looked terrible that game. And I'm thinking, okay, the the defense is going to dominate that unit. And then when you look offensively for, uh, I wanted Cleveland, when you look at the fact that they lost arguably their best player, the Nick Chubb, I said, okay, I'm going to give Titans the edge. And man, was I wrong. Uh, the yeah. offensive line Sunday played. Abysmal is a nice word to put it. When you give up five sacks, and what was interesting, David, is Miles Garrett, who was a monster, coming into this game, he had zero sacks. So I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe this is going to be kind of an off, uh, maybe an off year or maybe the next six weeks until he gets hot. And Sunday, David, he got hot, and that was the problem for the offense, for our offense Sunday. 
Yeah, it, uh, it it it's funny. He had three and a half sacks, and it felt like more. It it, it felt like he was uh, he was living in the uh, in the Titans' backfield. I mean, he's he's third in the NFL in sacks now after three games. Had one in the first two weeks, and uh, and now threw up three and a half in in this one. Uh, it 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 it. I guess should put people on alert that uh also in the top 10 is Cincinnati's Trey Hendrickson who will be uh who will be in town this week. Uh you know, John, we'll, we'll get into the offensive line a little bit more. Um beyond the offensive line, what what else was wrong that that you noticed particularly on Sunday? Uh you know, to me it was almost like a battle of of which uh could be worse for the Titans. Was it the offensive line or was it the secondary? And and I would guess you could say the offensive line, but it was a close call uh because I thought that secondary was pretty uh bad also. You know, we saw a number of, of kind of screw ups in the in the backfield. We saw several, you know, multiple, I want to say four or five penalties on the on the defensive backs. Uh, we saw another, you know, uh, a group cluster of, of X plays. I want to say four pass plays uh, of, of 20 yards or more. Uh, and, and again, this is coming against the Deshaun Watson that, as we just talked about, looked so bad uh, the previous week against Pittsburgh. But there's something apparently about the Titans uniforms that when Deshaun Watson sees them, the eyes light up and, and he starts racking up completions after completions. Um, but yeah, I just thought that the DBs were, were very poor and, and, you know, probably the, the biggest illustration of that came on that last touchdown pass, um, you know, by, by the Browns and Deshaun Watson or Mark, Amari Cooper just runs down the field. Uh, neither Christian Fulton or Amani Hooker choose to cover him and Deshaun Watson throws to him for about a 40 yard TD pass, you know, and it turns out as Mike Rabel would say later that, that it was Christian Fulton's responsibility but that kind of you know was to me was as i say an illustration of how things bad were were how bad things were for the for the secondary uh you know and and as we mentioned also for the offensive line yeah fulton is uh fulton is not the player that uh at least thus far this season that the uh the titans anticipated him being and and, and we might talk about that too but you, you know the it, it's hard to fathom the struggles that the, the the secondary is having because they're getting help up front. The Titans are one of nine teams in the NFL with at least double digit sacks right now. They have ten through the uh, through the first three games. Uh, I mean that's that's a good number. And, and historically, if if your pass rush is getting home, you have a good secondary because those guys don't have as much to do. But uh, but you're not seeing that correlation with this bunch right now. And uh, it, it it's tough to understand. I, I mean, Denard, you you know as well as anybody what what a good pass rush can do for defensive backs. Uh, uh, why why isn't that working? Do you think? Well. First of all, it starts with uh, this defense. And if you're Shane Bowen right now, you know that your Achilles heel is your secondary. We haven't heard much from the leaders. You're talking about Kevin Byard. He's been quiet the last three weeks. Amani Hooker this was glad to get him back Sunday, but he was ineffective. Your cornerbacks, if you look at the game against the Saints, Sean Murphy, Bunton, give it up the long touchdown pass. And then Sunday, Christian Fulton coming back, we thought, okay, this is going to be an added addition. This Titans team, they're about to jail. They looked horrible, in particular Christian Fulton. 
Uh, we know that this was his first game back after injury with his hamstring. He looked like it. I hate to call him out because he is my – that's my soul brother from LSU. Yeah. But he, he looked terrible, Dave. He just didn't it, – it, when you talk about the play on the – what was it? The uh, It was second and 26 in the first quarter. And if you're a defensive back and if you're playing man-to-man, David, you know how you play that? You're supposed to play soft. And what I mean is that what you want to do is you you want to give up everything underneath, but you don't want to get beat over the top. He got beat over the top in a second and 26, and that is unacceptable. And that is that that ended up leading to, what, three points by Cleveland in the first half. And if you think about it, the second play where they end up getting him on was the play by Amari Cooper. He was turned around completely. It was bad coverage on his part. I don't know if it was just rust. I don't know what it was this game, but Christian was a non-factor. And if this team is going to get better, if that unit is going to get, if they're going to get better, he's got to play better. He's their number one corner. They're expecting a lot out of Christian Fulton this year. And right now it's been disappointing. You're talking about he's already missed the game with the hamstring injury. That was an issue last year. And Mike Vrabel called him out um, uh, this past offseason. And now he's giving up plays, which you do not expect a corner that is coming up uh, on a contract. I mean, they're thinking contract extension uh, right now. And right now he's not playing up the par. His pro football focus grade for the two games he's played is a whopping 39.8. You know, that that's not the kind of thing that's going to get you a, a big contract. And, and uh, we, we should point out, you mentioned the hamstring injury. The first injury report of this week is out. Listed this week with a hamstring injury is Elijah Molden, who, oh, by the way, missed virtually all of last season with a with a hamstring injury. So here we go again with uh, with that, you know, and, and Molden is is probably the most versatile guy. I guess maybe you can say I guess maybe Imani Hooker is maybe more versatile, but he, he's in that he's in that neighborhood. You know, when you're looking for solutions, you know, guys who can do different things like Molden can is, is a guy you would think would be uh would be in the mix and it and if he's hurting now too that's uh that that's that's not going to make anything uh that's not going to make anything better and that you know i i thought the moment of the game sunday really was was the last play of the first half when you know the titans the likelihood of them getting points on the board before halftime were, were pretty slim when they've got it uh you know when they're uh or excuse me they're uh they, they've got a third and ten and at the Cleveland 11, they're trying to, they're trying to get one more playoff and, and you know, maybe a touchdown. If not something incomplete, you, you, you get, uh, you get a field goal, you get points on the board and, and Ryan Tannehill gets sacked for nine yards. They, they've got no, they've got no timeouts. They can't stop the clock. And, and Mike Vrabel's face as he was walking off the field to the, uh, to the locker room at halftime, I thought was, uh, was, was really telling at that point that, uh, that you, you, you know, you, he, they, he just, he just looked like a guy who knew there weren't going to be any answers on, uh, on that particular day. And, uh, uh, you know, that we mentioned the Titans have gotten home with 10 sacks, but the off the Titans offensive line has surrendered 13 sacks to this point, which is tied for second most allowed in the NFL. Um, Peter Skaronsky probably not going to be back again this week, uh, still coming back from the appendix. And uh, John, I guess early indications are that, that, no personnel changes are uh, are are in store. They're going to roll with Dillard, Radens, Brewer, um, 
Brunskill and and uh, and Hubbard as as they have the last couple of weeks is uh, is that the right move? If should they be looking at something, and if so, what do you think they should be looking at up front there to do differently? Yeah, you certainly have to be thinking of it anytime. You know, you've given up thirteen sacks in in three games. You know, it's tied for the second most in the NFL, and you're looking at Andre Dillard, the beleaguered left tackle. You know, was uh, you know giving up six of those sacks. Uh, which is twice as much as any other tackle in the league. You know, there there's clearly issues. But honestly, I I don't know. Given the personnel they have right now, I don't know if I would immediately make a change. You know, if 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 there is, you know, I guess there's a couple options. You know, one is uh, you know move Raiden's from from left guard where he started last week. You move him out to left tackle because he played that in college. But that was a long time ago, though. Uh, you know, he hasn't played left tackle in the pros since the one game in 2021. Uh, and then if, if you do move him out there, you're still wondering what are you, you going to do with left guard? Is Dillard moving in there, you know, since Skronsky is still out or, you know, it's 411 or someone like that. So I'm not sure that's the answer. And then, you know, they activated uh, or they, they uh, promoted Justin Murray, offensive lineman from the practice squad to the 53 this week. But really, if you look at his background, he's almost all on the right side. He's almost all right guard, right tackle. So I don't know if he is necessarily an, an answer to the left tackle problem uh, at this point now. So as things stand now, you know, without Skaronsky and then without, uh, you know, Nicholas petit Frere's an option to to move things around also, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think you uh, you hope for the best and, and uh um, you know, you give uh, Andre Dillard as much help as you can, you know, with running backs, with tight ends, etc. Because uh, I just don't see a, a magic solution uh, with, with the personnel they have right now. Yeah, it, you know, Mike Vrabel talked about the uh, the promotion of, of Justin Murray from the practice squad and, and talked about him as a swing tackle, you know, that guy that we've seen uh, throughout the Titans time here, going back to uh, uh, Jason Matthews, for example, more recently, a guy like Ty Sambrio, who could who could come in and play either side. And, and I guess they feel like if things start going really south again against the Bengals, then then maybe you, uh, you know, maybe you put him in there and, and at either side, presumably the left side, which is where you're having the most problems right now and and just try something different. Uh um, it should be noted too. I thought this was funny. We're we're recording this on Wednesday. Taylor Lewan apparently tweeted out today a picture of himself in his Titans uniform from a game. You know, with, with a pass set. It, it it offered without comment, but uh, presumably, I guess he's saying, "Look, I can do a better job than than this guy at this point." Uh, uh, Denard is, you know, the, the the question with Andre Dillard was. Why wasn't the guy a starter in in four years with the Philadelphia Eagles? And and you know, can he be the the guy who the Eagles saw as a first round draft pick when they selected him? Um, have you seen enough? I mean, Joe Namath says says Zach well, he's seen enough of Zach Wilson that he's he's no good. The Jets need to do something different at quarterback. Have you seen enough of Andre Dillard at this point to say the Titans need to do something different at left tackle? Or are you are you willing to give him some more time? 
Give him some more time, David. I'm not I'm not ready to give up on the young man. Let's not forget he was the 27th pick in the 2019 draft. Now, remember when Philly drafted him, they called him the best offensive tackle in that class that year. So that's high praises. Let's not forget that when he was in Philadelphia, now he had a lot of injuries, okay, that he sustained. That was an issue staying on the field and staying healthy. And then they went out and got the big man, Malata, and that didn't make matters uh, any better. But what I love about Andre now, you got to understand, he, and he has to understand that in this league, he got a three-year, $29 million deal. So I was talking about this um, talking about this situation uh, this past offseason, he has to start. They're not going to pay anybody that type of money and bring him in to be a backup. Either you're going to start or they're going to just release you. And what I love about his upside, he's 6'5". Now, uh, John and David, I, I thought this was very classy of Mouse Garrett, that after the game, he gave Andre some constructive criticism. I think that was very, very intelligent, very smart. Um, and, and when you can take that from a veteran and what he was telling Andre was what he was doing wrong. So that's going to help his game. And I, and I love what um, Andre did. He took that teaching and he said, I love what he said. He said that I think I just need to do better with my hands and my sets. And he says, I got a lot of input from Miles Garrett. So you imagine when you take that from another player that saw your weaknesses you can go back and practice, and then what you can do is you can work on that during the week. I think he's going to get better. I, I just I don't want to give up on a player when he's young, and he's got a lot of what I call up. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, and I feel like he can be a great asset, but right now he's struggling, and what you're going to have to do when you're the offensive line coach for the Tennessee Titans is that he's got to get those extra reps. That means after practice and before practice, and just work on the mechanics. And if you work on the mechanics, uh, David and John, you'll be amazing. Uh, you can turn your season around and your performance and your play. And, and let's give let, let's give credit where credit is due. He has not been a complete disaster. Now he is he is the 68th ranked tackle in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus grades right now. But his run blocking grade is actually pretty solid at mm-hmm. uh, at 75.7 which is uh which is well above his uh his pass blocking grade and and actually puts him puts him in the top 10 run blocking tackles in the league it's 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 pass blocking where he is he is having the problem and and his grade there is a is a 36.1 uh you know that you, obviously you have to be better they, you know left tackle is not necessarily what it used to be in terms of oh you're just you're you know you're you're just protecting the guy's blind side and you you've got to be stout you know the, the game has changed a little bit but it's still that there is that truth to it you've got a right-handed quarterback in there uh you can't you know he can't always see the rush coming from that side it, it, you know you have to you have to be able to hold up out there and uh and he he certainly has not done it well enough, often enough through uh, through three games for the, the the Titans to to get things done. John, you meant you mentioned Nicholas Petit Frere earlier. Um, do do we do we expect when Petit Frere comes back, which we're only halfway through his suspension at this point, do you suspect him to slot right in at right tackle, or could he be a a, a potential left tackle if uh, if Dillard's struggles continue to this degree? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question uh, because of certainly Petit Frere, you know, did play left tackle in college at Ohio State his, his last year there. 
Uh, so he's got that experience, and it's not that far in the background either, as this is only his his second year in the NFL. Um, so it's uh, it's something you wouldn't want to consider because you have trained Nicholas Petit Frere as a right tackle. Uh, you know, ideally, I think the Titans would like to to keep him there. But yeah, if after six games, which also coincides with a bye week, uh, you know, and, and a, maybe a little extra day or two of, of work, uh, um, you know, for the Titans, that, that the opportunity to make some changes, you know, if things are going horribly at that point, I, I think they might think about at least think about something like that, because honestly, I'm not sure that he comes right back in, even if they keep him at right tackle. Sure, he comes right back in and, and takes his job away from Chris Hubbard. It's been pretty solid, you know, uh, kind of a surprise that what, what Chris Hubbard has done so far. And I'm not sure that, that uh, NPF is immediately the starter at that at that right at, uh, tackle spot. But getting back to the left tackle, I, I think, I, again, and, and this is maybe after six games or so, if, if things are going horribly, you've got that bye week, and then you say, okay, we want to make some changes, maybe that's the time – for Peter Skaronsky, who would presumably be back, uh, you know, a game or two maybe under his belt. This is a guy we know who's an All-American left tackle in college. You know, the, the Titans drafted him and pretty much immediately said, you're a guard, uh, um, and that's that. But it's not that far in his background, the, the left tackle, and, and maybe that's the move, you know, after six weeks or so if things are going the way they are right now, to try Skaronsky out there. And then, you know, you'll see what you do at left guard, whether you keep Raidens there, whether you move Dillard inside, you know, something along those lines. But that that might be the top priority down the line, I would think. Do, do you think, uh, do you think Denard, it, it has hurt Dillard that, uh, you know, not having Skaronsky there at left guard? I, I mean, we, we talk all the time about, offensive line continuity and and the group of five being together as much as possible and and uh and, and largely this group of five was together throughout training camp and and a little bit of the preseason uh you know they looked good in in the preseason to to lose Skaronsky after one game could that you know could that be a a major factor in what's going on with Dillard right now no I don't think that's the issue because this is an issue that from what I've been reading upon, uh, he had issues in training camp when it comes to pass coverage. Uh, John just alluded to the fact that he's a monster when you talk about in the run game. It's when you come to pass protection that he struggles. And I don't think that has anything to do with it. I, I just think right now he's just trying to, you know, he's trying to find his, you know, trying to find uh, really what he's about at that position. It's tough, David. I mean, it, it's a lot uh, when you play that tackle position, you know that's the toughest position on that offensive line to play, especially you protecting your quarterback's blind side. But right now, I mean, this offensive line, I mean, it's a makeshift offensive line. You're talking about coming into this year, you only had one starter back. Uh, well, two, but your one starter's out with Nicholas Petit-Frere with suspension. Aaron Brewer is the only one that brings experience to this offensive line. So right now, this is a line that they're, they're trying to find out who they are uh, right now, and so even when Peter Skaronsky comes back and, and when Nicholas Petit Frere comes back, it's going to add a lot more protection, but they're still trying to find out, you know, where does where does everybody fit in? I, I agree with you, John. I think Peter Skaronsky going to left tackle would be a, it'll be a great addition because you can't get any worse than the way that you're playing right now. 
Yeah, it, it's uh, and you know we mentioned Taylor Lewan seemingly offering his services. I, 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 we should note also that another former Titans tackle is also available as of this week. If anyone's interested, Isaiah Wilson's most recent NFL oh, suspension Lord has ended. <laughs> Uh, I had Denard. I had Denard on the edge of his seat there, people. I thought you were going to say B Hop, you know, Brad Hopkins or somebody. No, 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 no. no he's gone. No way. Isaiah we Wilson. Going through that another year. No his way. his most recent suspension is lifted, so he is available to any NFL team that uh, that that might want him. And uh, goodness only knows what uh, what that young man is is up to right now, both in terms of his activities, his weight. I, I don't get the sense that he's the type of guy who has just been living in the gym waiting for his, uh, his next opportunity. So uh, yeah, it, it, there, there are obviously, obviously no quick fixes. There's no, uh, you know, there's no simple solution. Uh, you, you, they just have to, they, they just have to play better as a unit and, uh, and, and give their uh, give their quarterback and and running back time to do what they do. I I, I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to Christian Fulton a little bit, Denard. You know, you were you were talking about him, and uh, I mean this this is a guy. This this is a remarkable stat that when when opposing quarterbacks have thrown his way this season, their their combined rating is a perfect one fifty eight point three. Um, you know, when a guy is when a guy Denard is designated as a number one cornerback, what what does that mean to the defense? Like like what what are they counting on him specifically to do week to week? To do his job, uh, David. There's okay. That's a misconception. There's no such thing as a number one cornerback in this league. If you're on that field. Regardless of where you're drafted, you are a number one quarterback when you are plugged uh, into that lineup and when you're playing. Right now, what you have is a defensive back that when he was drafted just a few years ago, we said he, he was a second-round pick with first-round talent, and that hasn't showed. We Last year, we gave him a pass because of his hamstring issues, and now it seems to be something that has lingered on, and that is unacceptable because when you are pro, you need to figure that out by now. What is happening is when you watch Christian Sunday, and I watched him closely, I talked about the second and 26. When you're a cornerback, David, the first thing that you always, that's ingrained in you, is to eliminate the explosive plays. Contest everything underneath, but do not give up anything over the top, because that's what gets you beat in this league. When you give up a second and 26, and you are a stud corner, and you think about uh, how many times have you seen great corners give up plays like that, David? Yeah, they, I mean, everybody gets beat, but everybody not, gets beat, but, but not, not like that. Not a lot, yes. And exactly. Then you're talking about the play to Amari Cooper. I looked at those two plays and I said his game is off because he was completely turned around. So what happens is, is when you're coming back from an injury, I don't know if you're still dealing with that injury. Uh, maybe you're attached slow or you've lost some confidence. I mean, that happens too. I don't care how long you've been playing. Sometimes your confidence is shot. So Christian, once again, he's going to have to find his way because if not, they're going to have to make a move. I mean, we haven't talked nothing about Roger McCreary. 
The issue yeah. I had coming into this league, you had you last year. This was your most consistent cornerback. Started all seventeen games. He held his own, and the only issues we had last year was his arms. And when that's you, David, but again, <laughs> we have, and why is it he in the game more? I don't understand. You got your starting corner from last year and he's not playing. Well, he, I mean, he's playing, he's playing in the slot and he played, uh, he played the game before when, when Fulton was out. He, and he's, he, he seems to me a little more, he seems a little more confident. He seems to be playing a, a little quicker. And, and John, I think that's, I think to Denard's point, the last couple of years, the issue has been Fulton's health. But when Fulton has been out there, he he's played well. That's not the case this year, correct? It's absolutely correct. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the quarterback rating, the perfect quarterback rating. Uh, you know, he's he's been targeted eight times, seven completions for 165 yards, which means the average catch against Christian Fulton has been 23.8 yards per catch. That's just frightening. Uh, um, and, you know, I, I think it's a, uh, a combination of, of things, too. If I had to sort of guess at it, you know, as Denard touched on, I think I think there's still probably part of it that is physical, you know, because he, he did have that hamstring that bothered him, you know, all of last year. He, he spent the entire offseason, you know, where the personal trainer – working on that that very issue and hear what happens in that first week you know he, he strains the hamstring again and misses a game and and even though he's back you still have to wonder is that maybe a little bit in the back of his mind so i i i wonder if it's it's a little bit physical but then i think that there's part of it that that's mental too um you know he just the, the focus just doesn't seem to be there all the time you know, we, we saw the, um, you know, the, the play to Rashid Shaheed that, that sealed the game for the Saints, uh, there, you know, where, where he had the sort of the double move. And, and, you know, as, as Mike Griffin pointed out afterwards, you know, you've got to realize who you're lining up against, uh, you know, and, and this guy, he's just a rookie, but he's a speedster. Yet you have to respect that, even though you're trying to get the ball back, you're trying to get him off the field, you have to realize that that's an option. And, you know, he gets burned on that. You know, we, we see the uh, the play that we've already talked about where uh, Amari Cooper just runs right down in between Christian Fulton uh, and Imani Hooker, and it, and it turns out Christian Fulton was the guy and just basically had a mental lapse, thought they were in a different coverage uh, apparently than they were. So there's a there's a focus issue there at, at times with Christian Fulton that, that needs to be fixed. Um, you know, I, he did, uh, and then Mike Grimble mentioned this today, and I actually agree with him. There were some plays early in the game that Christian Fulton, you know, he came up, he made some aggressive tackles. Uh, you know, there, there was a player or two where you said, oh, okay, you know, maybe Christian Fulton's getting getting back into it, in, into his game. But, yeah, the the, the mental consistency, uh, I, I think the focus has to be much better uh, because you're, you're just not going to make it long, giving up all those receptions and giving up those, those kinds of penalties. You know, there was another penalty in addition to that second and 26th that he gave up a PI. There was a, a hold on a second and eleven that that gave the Browns a first down too. So a lot of a lot of things that, that Christian Fulton needs to to clear up, and it's going to be a pretty big challenge going against the Cincinnati Bengals. By the I, way, I was going to say you, you you set it up perfectly. Here come the Bengals, a team against which Mike Vrabel, as head coach of the Titans, is zero and three. Of course, in twenty twenty, 
the uh, the Titans lost up at Cincinnati. It was uh, it was the Bengals' only victory in an eight game stretch early that season. Uh, they they were looking uh, they were looking like a terrible team at that point, but but managed to get by the Titans. Then of course there was uh, there there was the uh, the play or excuse me that was yeah and then there was the playoff game in in 2021 um which uh broke everybody every every titans fans heart um we we talked about we talked about the struggles with the offensive line the Bengals Bengals I mentioned have Trey Hendrickson one of the 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 leader league leaders in sacks right now we've talked about the struggles with the secondary they they've got a wide receiver group of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, it 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 looks like a it looks like a terrible matchup for a uh, for a team that that the Titans seem to have problems with anyway. Uh, Denard, how 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 hard is it going to be for the secondary to get right against this particular receiver group? Oh, it's not going to be hard at all. I don't think they have to do is look at recent history. I mean, this is the last few years. And this, you know what, David, this is two teams that are trying to get back on track. Both teams, Cincinnati's coming in. They're one and two. They had a great performance against L.A. uh, Sunday. They absolutely made Matthew Stafford's day just absolutely horrible. And this defense, they're good. Their defense is amazing. You talk about – Hendrickson, but you look at their secondary, they're solid uh, against the pass. I mean, they've got some studs back there. And what's scary about this game is the fact that when you look at their receiving core of Tyler Board and T. Higgins, uh, they haven't really gotten on track. And the reason for that is because Joe Burrow is still banged up. And let's, let's not forget, he's nursing, what is it, a bad calf? And, if, or, and then not to mention, when you look at him on film, I've been watching Joe, if you look at his mannerism, you can tell there's something wrong with him. So they haven't been able to get on track because of Joe's health. So if I'm Tennessee this week, you got to make sure that you keep that receiving core in check. Joe Mixon in the running game and hasn't gotten off. I think they're averaging right about, what, 55 yards rushing a game. So that's – and you think about the Titans' defensive line, they should be able to neutralize that because the Titans have done a great job when it comes to stopping the Bengals' uh, running game. So, again, if you're the secondary this week, I'm sure you're going to be called out because uh, you got some pretty big shoes to fill when you're talking about going against uh, this trio of Boyd, Higgins, and, unfortunately, a guy by the name of Chase. Yeah, it, uh, and then, of course, the I didn't mention, too, the Bengals came back into into Nashville last November and uh, and, and won a, won a low-scoring game 20 to – 20 to 16 it's uh uh john as as you look at this matchup is is there is there any x factor that 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 could could play in the titans favor here and 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 give some folks hope coming after coming coming off of this uh this performance against cleveland boy well you know i i guess really if if you look uh, simply at, at a simple fact of, of of how the Titans have fared at home versus on the road so far this year, you know we've yeah. we've obviously seen them play their best game of the season at home, and in fact that's the only game they've scored a a touchdown. You know, and they scored three of them uh, in that game. You, you would have to think you have to think too at some point the Titans' running game gets going a little bit. Uh, right. You know, whether that's Henry or Spears, you know, uh, you would have to think there's a little bit more 
than uh you know maybe a lot more than what we've shown so they've shown so far so maybe that kicks in but yeah this is a uh, you know it's hard to to find uh good uh good reasons to believe in the in the titans this week when you look at the numbers you mentioned the Bengals have had their number lately um you know and and everybody talks about jamar chase but i was looking at t higgins numbers versus the the titans three games the last three games 19 catches 270 yards that's a 14 yard average and a touchdown so he's been pretty uh incredible but you know joe uh, maybe the other factor is again if joe barrow isn't quite as mobile uh you know as he has been that should help if he if he's not throwing down field as much as he has been because of the calf maybe that helps as well but uh on the on paper boy it still looks like a pretty tough matchup for the titans yeah the, the only thing is if you go back to week one cleveland cleveland ran the ball 40 times for 206 yards against the Bengals. and and to your point if the running game gets going you know derrick henry and nick chubb are, are comparable backs um if if henry can if henry can do to to that Cincinnati defense, some of what Chubb did to them, you keep the ball out of, of Cincinnati's offense's hands, then then yes, maybe you uh, you, you shorten the game and you, uh, you you have a chance to win it late. But uh, it, certainly, the things we have discussed tonight have to be better. They have to be significantly better. Uh, certainly the offensive line played better against the Chargers. We saw, we saw what happened there. The, you know, the, the secondary played well enough that, that the pass rush got home at, at, at opportune times against the Chargers. If you just do that much, you'll get there and the key plays, the third downs, or if the game's on the line in the fourth quarter, then, you know, then maybe you can, you can make it happen again. But, uh, but we will see. And we will be back next week to talk about it on the Believe in Titans podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.